Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Welcome back to Heels in the Courtroom, Season 2. Thank you all so much for your patience during our time off. We've used that time wisely with new topics and a new vehicle for presenting different issues to you through doing some interviews. So we're super excited about our new season and can't wait to get started. We are all here today. I've got Erica Slater. Hey, everyone. Liz Lenneby. Hello. Elizabeth McNulty. Hi. And Mary Simon. Hey, everybody. Our topic today is ambition. And it is timely for a number of reasons, not the least of which is we've just lost a great American in Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was, as you know, the second woman appointed to the United States Supreme Court and fought her entire life for gender equality. And she didn't like the term women's rights. She preferred gender equality. And that's evidenced by what I would call the epitome of knowing your audience. When she started in the 70s, filing cases for gender rights on behalf of men, which, again, is so clever (laughs) and so obvious when you think about it. But I couldn't believe it was groundbreaking at the time, looking back from where we are now. Our topic today is ambition, and more specifically, what it is to be ambitious. I think those are two different things. And to illustrate that point, as I do oftentimes, I go to the dictionary. So I typed in ambition. It is a noun, a strong desire to do or to achieve something, typically requiring determination and hard work. Her example, or the example given by the dictionary in context is, her ambition was to become a pilot. I thought, well, that's nice. Ambition is a noun. Traditionally, ambition to me provokes or invokes good feelings, dreams, desires. I always picture a child's ambition to become something, to become someone. Then I typed in to the same Google dictionary the word ambitious. It's an adjective. Having or showing a strong desire and determination to succeed. I thought, okay. That makes sense. Ambitious, something that you're doing. The context given was as follows. His mother was hardworking and ambitious for her four children. Okay. We all just threw our pens in the air. Right. If they had stopped at his mother was hardworking and ambitious, I could live with it. But this is 2020. Google. And these two words, and maybe I'm the only person on earth who has looked at these two things from this perspective, but this just points up the problem. Ambition, gender neutral, it's very uplifting because the the context is her ambition was to become a pilot. We're all clapping, thinking that's wonderful. But the word ambitious for a woman connotes something different than it connotes for a man. Particularly, his mother was hardworking and ambitious for her children. You can 
you can swallow that, right? You can be ambitious for your children as a woman, but just to be ambitious, not very acceptable. In fact, it has a really negative connotation. There is a big divide and it follows ambitious women around. Ambitious means aggressive for a woman, right? It means aggressive. Contrast that to the typical ambitious man. I see success. I see someone who's confident. They're totally two different sets of characteristics. So ladies, why is that? One of my favorite books was written by Claire McCaskill, former senator from our state, Missouri. It's a 2015 memoir called Plenty Ladylike. The premise of that book is that you can be feminine and ambitious. And I want to talk about that because I love Claire and I love her book and I love the discussion that she takes on. So one of the things that I read in preparation included an essay from over 15 years ago. When you're a child, whether you're a boy or a girl, if you say things like, what do you want to be when you grow up? They'll say anything, right? They'll say anything. But a lot of times you'll hear things like, I want to be a famous fill in the blank. I want to be a famous football player. I want to be a famous ballerina. I want to be a famous astronaut. And this essay that I read from, by a psychologist kind of breaks that down and says at, when, you're, when you're a child, there are two things that go into ambition. The first is mastery. You want to be the master of something, whether I want to be a pilot or an astronaut or a lawyer or a ballerina. You want to be a master of something. And the second part is recognition. And that's where you get the famous ballerina, famous politician, famous pilot, whatever. But as we get older, women hold on to the mastery part. They want to be successful and they want to pick what they're going to be successful at and work hard at it. We've never had a problem with working hard. But then as we get older, the recognition part kind of falls to the wayside. And why is that? Girls become satisfied with just mastering things without the recognition and boys do not according to the research. So I think that follows through into our profession. All of us here today are masters at our profession. We're masters at being lawyers. But we struggle, and I know this, speaking for myself and from conversations with everyone, we struggle with how to show that mastery and to what extent we need recognition for that mastery. And it is evidenced by things like you hear women say, oh, you know, you're so successful, you did a great job on that case or whatever it is. And a lot of what we hear women say is what? Giving credit to other people. Exactly. Yeah, oh, it wasn't just me, it was this person. I had a lot of help. Right. We're not born with not needing the recognition. But as we get older, the implicit direction that we get is that it's not really important to be recognized. It's more important just to do a good job. And that is the difference. It elevates and it builds on itself to the point where 
ambitious women are a problem. Ambitious men are status quo. So I wanted to talk today about those concepts and how we deal with them in our everyday life and thoughts that each of us has about trying to normalize the idea of being an ambitious woman. So Erica, when I say the word ambition, what do you think? I think about like your goals and aspirations and it does kind of harken back to little kids and like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Exactly. And Mary, when I say the word ambitious, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I think that being ambitious is not something you can teach someone. We're all ambitious in the sense that we're all so hungry to successfully get outcomes for our clients. We are always striving to be the best at what we're doing. And I don't know that that's anything that, uh, you know, was specifically spelled out for any one of us. So when I think about someone being ambitious or or having ambition, I think about something that's kind of, it has a raw feeling to it for me. It's kind of just an innate it's in your gut. You, you want to set goals for yourself and you want to go after them. And, and Amy, to your point that you were talking about in terms of male versus female ideas of what it means to be ambitious, I looked up before this podcast an article put out by Forbes in 2019. And having heard what you just explained, this doesn't seem as shocking. But at the time I looked at this, I thought it was surprising that The Pew Research Center did a study on qualities or characteristics that society values most in men versus women. And the top three for men were, number one, honesty or morality. The second was professional or financial success. And the third for men was ambition or leadership. And the top three for women were, number one, physical attractiveness. Mm -hmm. Number two, empathy Uh, slash nurturing kindness. And number three was intelligence. And that directly reflects in what you just talked about, Amy, and that women are wanting the mastery piece, the intelligence piece, and society wants us to have that, but not the ambition piece. It's normal to me to be feminine and have ambition because that's what I'm around, especially at our office and with all of you. But I don't think that ambition is something that you necessarily teach. It's almost something that you are kind of unlearned based on societal pressures or expectations, especially as a woman. Mary, I think it's so interesting when you listed off those characteristics for men and women. Each one that you were talking about for a man, I was thinking, I want to be known for that. I want to be known for that. But then the women characteristics, I thought the same thing. I mean, physical attractiveness, like, I do what I can, ladies. But, I mean, <laughs> some of that you're born with, some's effort. But, you know, we're going to do that till we die. But I want to be a good mom. I want to be someone who's empathetic and nurturing. I want to be someone who is recognized for being intelligent. My gosh, if, I'm, if nobody thinks I'm smart, then I'm not going to be very good at any of this. But I also want to be known for being ambitious. I want to be known for being the person who will get the job done or is the go-to person for a certain thing, especially professionally. And my gosh, I want some financial success to go with it too. Hell yeah. You know? I want to be all six of those things. Right. 
I want to be pretty empathetic and smart. I also, however, want to have professional and financial success, ambition, and be a leader. The problem and why we're having this discussion is if everyone expects us to be only pretty empathetic and smart, if we try to be professionally and financially successful, a leader, kind of to me that means being out there, out in front, uh, having ambition, that's where the negative connotation starts because we're switching lanes and society expects us to be happy and 100% fulfilled by being pretty empathetic and, and smart. But we are not 100% fulfilled. I had great ambitions to be a lawyer. I can't say that they ended with just being a lawyer. They also included this recognition piece that I probably haven't thought about very much. It's just been one of those underlying motivators. I want to be successful and by golly, I want people to know I'm successful. That's a hard thing to even say out loud. It doesn't feel very humble to say that. But I can't imagine a man saying, I want to be so successful, I just don't want anybody to know about it. And I'm not saying that's bad. Or I'm going to downplay it if people ask me about it. Right. I mean, the stats are just off the charts about that. The difference between how men and women handle openly handle being awarded something or being given recognition for something. And again, that makes me think about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and how she did appear, at least from all these retrospections that we're going through now, appear to stay in her lane in a feminine way. She was a wife, she was a mother, and yet blow the socks off the way our society looked at gender equality. The simplicity of that is so remarkable, but it also gives me a great deal of hope and enthusiasm that there's so much room and so many definitions of being ambitious and in the context of this feminine ambition and being a woman and yet still being ambitious Amy, I know that you said, you know, you've never doubted the fact that you're an ambitious woman and you've never been worried about, you know, having ambition and pursuing your goals, knowing that you're going to get to them. And in thinking about that, where I'm at, even in my career and early on into my marriage, I think about the fact that I, I don't think I'm ever worried about being ambitious, but I can see why women have to kind of reteach themselves or reinstate that sense of ambition within themselves, even from before I was married. And I'd work a lot and study a lot and just do my own thing. Quite frankly, just did whatever I wanted to do. And, and sometimes family members would say, you're going to end up alone if you're not dating. For maybe a second looking back, it probably made me check myself and be like, well, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And I mean, thank God, you know, I met Mark and I'm happy that I'm married and everything's wonderful. I found a partner who not only sees that I'm ambitious, but respects the hell out of my ambition. But those are the moments that I think of when you talked about feeling worried about having ambition and, and knowing that that is not a dirty word for women. 
it's interesting to think about those moments. And I'm curious if you've ever had those experiences where you're so set on a goal and you're doing exactly what you want to do to achieve that goal. And you're hearing remarks or comments from whether it's family or friends, that's kind of questioning your trajectory that you're on for yourself because you set it and you know, that's right for you. The real question is what's the price of feminine ambition? I think the price of feminine ambition is that you're not going to be everyone's favorite and not everyone is going to like you, which is a problem for women because we have been conditioned. We've been raised to be people pleasers. You you want to be popular and thought of as, you know, like Mary alluded to, empathetic and smart. And it's hard to be empathetic and kind and sometimes attractive if you have too much ambition. And it reminds me of a story from a couple years ago. I started college in 2009. So this was not that long ago. And a classmate of mine, he lived in the same dorm as me, actually told my roommate at the time that he found me intimidating because of my ambition. I was, I intimidated him. Now, all this guy knew about me was that I had plans of going to law school. That was why I was spending so much money to go to college because I wanted a career that I would find fulfilling, but also that I could make some money in so I could pay back my loans and support my family once I got out of school. And he felt the need and frankly had the audacity to tell my roommate, who was also a woman in college, that my ambition was intimidating. And this particular guy planned on going to medical school. So it's not like he was a slouch by any means, but for some reason I scared him. My mom is a very strong woman. My dad only had girls and, and he raised very strong girls. And their take on it was if someone doesn't like you because you have your own thoughts and you're gonna say those thoughts, then frankly, they're not worth your time. But it means that I've probably sacrificed some relationships, and that's fine with me. I don't need those relationships. <laughs> it's so interesting to me that that other guy in college didn't relate to you. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I think here's the thing. I really think, looking back on this guy, he was looking for a wife in college. Ugh. Yes. Yeah, obviously. He was looking for... Figured you were there to get your MRS degree. Exactly. Oh, God, I can't even say that without cringing. <laughs> no, and I was not it. I was not no, at the top and, of his list. And it's, it just goes back to the list that Mary recited to us earlier. You were falling outside of the norms. You were crossing over into the... God forbid you want to be a financial success and take care of yourself, which is a male trait. So this poor gentleman who maybe by now has seen the air of his ways because, man, he missed out when he missed over when he passed you over, lady. But Aww. it's true. <laughs> but we are continuing to raise boys to men with the same outdated gender norms of Women who are ambitious in the sense of wanting to be professionals and take care of themselves and make their own money and make decisions and be out there and be leaders is not an acceptable, off-the-bat thing to do. 
it sometimes looks like a bad trait to be married to a strong woman because it sounds like you can't provide for your family. Yeah, or you're you not have the to man. Re- you're not the man in the family. Exactly. And I know Steve has gotten these comments occasionally. You know, you your wife, oh man, how's it feel to, to be married to someone who is, uh, you know, as opinionated as she is or, <laughs> or whatever dumb comment someone feels the need to give on my marriage. And luckily, uh, Steve handles those comments in stride and he makes it very apparent that he supports me. Not only that he, and he makes it very apparent he wanted to marry someone who is ambitious. But I know there's a lot of guys, even in my generation, who don't want that. That is a bad trait because it makes you a headache, but it also makes them look bad. Right. Elizabeth, can you think of a time where ambition or being ambitious has either been a good thing or a bad thing in your career so far? I've never found ambitious or ambition to be a dirty word, but when I was like doing a little bit of research on it, I found that a lot of women in the workplace are scared to label themselves as ambitious. And I don't know, I just, I can understand that. I just don't think that I've ever felt that way, but I've never found it to be a hindrance necessarily. I think that, like Mary was saying earlier, it's kind of something that just, innate within you, that innate drive to be successful. And I I can't remember a time where I wouldn't have described myself as ambitious. So I've never felt like it's held me back. I think it's gotten me to where I am. And I think that our ambition has probably gotten all of us to where we are. So I would never be afraid to use that word to describe myself. But I think a lot of that is probably how supported I feel in our workplace and around the women that I work with and around, you know, not just the women, but the men as well. I've never felt that being a woman at our firm is a bad thing, especially being an ambitious woman. I think people want to be around ambitious people. And if you don't want to be around ambitious people, then like, I don't want to be around you. I think that we're lucky to feel so supported, or at least I feel that way, that I don't think that my ambition is an issue. But I think that there are probably, we have listeners that don't feel as supported in their ambition at work. And what is something that we could give them some advice about? Or like, what would you say to them to maybe feel more supported in their ambition? And Elizabeth, I wanted to comment on on what you just said, because I, I share the same sentiment as you that I have support, and I think that makes the biggest difference. I think for every one person in my life who feels the need to question what I'm doing or question my ambition, I've got 50 people who are supporting me. So to your point, Elizabeth, I think it's it's incumbent upon you to kind of sit and do some reflection and think about who your circles are and maybe seek out someone who you feel is, you know, the confident, ambitious woman. Um, If you're a woman and you're seeking a female mentor or something and talk to them about it and gain support from them, because I guarantee you every woman in this room wants to provide that support to another female professional. I think that Amy, from the inception of this podcast, it's just invaluable for me to see you and the other women sitting around the table who have done exactly the things that, you know, I hope to do one day and that I'm striving to be. So I think support makes 
all the difference in that as well. Elizabeth, I think that's really interesting. And I kind of had the same thought as you. Like, I don't think ambition and ambitious are dirty words. And I've never thought, oh, I don't want to be like this. But at the same time, growing up, I do think there's a little bit of this that's inherent in the way you're raised and, you know, your gusto that comes from wherever. But I was thinking, you know, I never really thought that that was a bad trait. But at the same time, I think about even being young and feeling very competitive with my peers. And a lot of times that wasn't great for all those relationships. There's girls who I used to be friends with that, you know, I was competitive with, and that kind of destroyed some of those relationships. Now, I don't really spend too much time crying over that now, but you did end up surrounding yourself with the people who accepted that characteristic about you or supported it. At the same time, Mary, when you're saying, you know, you've been in environments where you are supportive, supported, I agree with that, especially since we went to the same all-girls high school. Um, That was a big part of my formative years and all of this. But at the same time, I worked at our firm in law school as a clerk, and I was working with Amy, and I kind of had that good foundation of a strong female mentor that was building upon year after year after year of having really good, strong female mentors that I was inspired by and, you know, had all these qualities that I admired in ambitious women. But then I was in a situation where I didn't have that professionally. And Amy, I'm sure you recall, I was still like reaching out to you quite a bit because I still needed that. And I'm so happy that I made it back to our firm and that we are in that environment again, because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are struggling thinking that, you know, whether they're sitting there at the firm or whatever professional scenario they're in, if, if you're not a lawyer, thinking, I don't see anyone who I want to be here, or I'm not valued for those parts of my personality that are ambitious. I think that's really difficult. And having to navigate that professionally and within professional politics, too, can be really daunting. And I mean, man, all I can do is encourage anyone who feels like that to keep going and that, you know, you can get out of that situation. You can find other mentors, surround yourself as much as you can with people who appreciate and will foster those characteristics in you instead of ridiculing or making you feel less than because of them. What I strongly believe from listening to this last little segment is it is incumbent upon us to be examples of whether you like the, to preface it with feminine ambition, but it is incumbent upon us to be examples of ambitious women, meaning that we do fall into the traditional, you know, empathy, intelligent, okay, pretty, okay, fine. Definitely physically okay, attractive. Okay. Um, <laughs> but also crossing over outside of our lane to the ambitious leader, professional and financial success. If we are examples of that, not only for ourselves, because this is a beautiful, wonderful, delightful, eloquent echo chamber, but for those around us and normalize that 
women can be ambitious in a quote, good way, normal way, just like men can. But I'm delighted that Elizabeth in particular, you're kind of like, I don't know what y'all ladies are talking about. It's all good here. (laughs) Ambition is cool. It's good. I love that. I want everyone to feel that way. And I, I think what I'm hearing, not to tamp down my ambition too much, but what I'm hearing is that the very fact that there are ambitious women in your life help you feel fine, normal about being ambitious, right? Exactly. Yeah. So our job then is to be the example, just like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, just like Claire McCaskill, those that came before us, be the example and, and not allowing all of the chatter around us to affect us, you know, it's hard to say at all because we all have different ways to hear and internalize things. But basically, know in our hearts that we're just being who we are. And who we are are ambitious women who want to be successful and to drive in any damn lane we want to drive in. So that's the takeaway, I hope when analyzing this notion of ambition and being ambitious and whether it's male, female, gender role categories, we still have work to do. I still have work to do on that. Given the two adjectives, are you ready? You have to pick one. Between hardworking and ambitious, what do you choose to describe yourself? I know, it's hard. Let's go, Liz. I can't make the argument that I'm entitled to both. (laughs) Damn. That means you're ambitious. Elizabeth. Hardworking. Erica. Hardworking. Amy. Hardworking. Mary. Ambitious. Okay. So I do that exercise because, not because it was a fair question, all right? Thank you for acknowledging that. (laughs) (laughs) But it does sort of point up, do we have to pick? And Liz, you just always cut right to chase like you know I don't have to pick but if someone were to say to me look you can't be both if ambitious means needing that recognition or if ambitious means needing that recognition needing to be known for your success versus just kind of being the nose down hard worker which one better describes you I'm still of the attitude that hard working is the better definition of myself and not better definition but better definition of myself so I'm even struggling with this idea that I'm ambitious and I just have to figure out why that's interesting because (laughs) 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 because I guess as I practice longer I've had instances where I feel like I've gotten accolades or credit or whatever Not that I didn't think I deserved, but I couldn't really connect it to hard work or merit. Like, it just came along. The first couple times it happened, I was kind of like, well, I don't deserve this. You know, I'm an imposter, something like that. And once you kind of get over that imposter syndrome and embrace the idea that, you know, because you're a person out there doing the thing you might be recognized in ways that you can't necessarily just link to a verdict or link to something you did professionally. And 
now that I'm kind of getting past those ideas of imposter syndrome, I'm okay with that. And I think that falls more in the idea of ambition. And if you want to recognize me and put my name out there and it further my goal of continuing to reach and succeed, then I might be okay with that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say that stronger. I'm okay with that. And you should be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, I just listened to a 35 minute inspirational speech about how I need to be the ambitious woman I need to see in the world. I'm sure as hell going to think ambitious over hard working. <laughs> that was my thought process. <laughs> but you would never want to be seen as a slacker and someone who is just, you know, going along by the seat of their pants. Well, when I think of ambition, and maybe this is be just because of the, the way I was raised and the ambitious people I saw, nobody was able to fulfill their ambitions without hard work. Of course, there are examples of just dumb luck or privilege. But when I think of the people that inspire me and that I truly consider ambitious, I know they work hard. That goes hand in hand. The only way you're going to get that recognition is if you put your nose down and put, put in the work and make the effort and it's just that extra step of really succeeding based on your hard work and your merit. It is too. It's a mastery of something and the recognition of that mastery. So by, by making you choose between hard work and ambition, it really wasn't a fair question because ambition means hard work and recognition. But that didn't stop me from doing it. It is also the feeling that you deserve it. Yeah. The fearless belief that you deserve the prize, the award, the recognition, the kudos, the fearless belief that you deserve it. Women fall short of that. We oftentimes, not across the board, but oftentimes instead of being the first person that we think of to deserve things, we're the last. Which is why we say things like, I got lucky, or oh, it was a team effort, or I was in the right place at the right time, or something like that. I don't know where that comes from. It drives me crazy. I fight it every day, and I am, as we've said, I am confident. And I still fight the idea whether I deserve credit for something that I have worked really hard to do. And I have spent years trying to get more comfortable with that. And there is a bit of humility that comes into it. I feel like I struggle with balancing humility with the fearless belief that I deserve credit. That's been my struggle. And I do believe that's a feminine struggle. I don't think it's exclusive to women, but definitely more of a feminine trait than a male trait. So if there are other takeaways other than finding your tribe, just internally having that fearless belief that you deserve it. Elizabeth? 
to your point about taking the credit, I've always seen it as a strength that women have that we share in it. Like, yes, I was responsible for that, but I didn't do it alone. I did it with other people. And I think it's a male weakness that they take credit for. Yes, thank you. I did the whole thing by myself. So I think it's interesting. I don't know that there's a right or a wrong, but I've never seen it as a weakness of not taking credit for, you know, the whole project or the whole thing. Just like, I think that everything we do, especially in the law, is kind of a team thing. So I just... I don't know. I think that it's it's a male weakness, not necessarily something that we need to do better. Elizabeth for president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thank I you. agree with you, Elizabeth. I I watch for that sometimes when to see how men react when they can make that decision whether to take the credit or share the credit. I agree with you and I think that it's a strength of women to share recognition. Not say I didn't do anything. It was all everybody else, but to raise morale that way. And men could benefit from taking that tip. So I think that's great advice (laughs) to all of our male listeners. But I'm sure our male listeners are all doing it right. So it's okay. My struggle remains that female ambition, feminine ambition, and being an ambitious woman is still seen as problematic. Because otherwise, ladies, if it were at least on the same level as male ambition, why are we still only approximately 20% of the equity partners in law firms and small percentages of CEOs and other executives of business, small percentages of college deans and law school deans. Why? Why is that? Either it's two reasons. Number one, we women don't trust our female ambition and act on it and or it's still considered not that great of a thing. Looking at an example right now, Kamala Harris. Right. She was recently picked to be Joe Biden's running mate. And one of the first articles I saw come out about her was, is she, quote, too ambitious? Right. How how would she be too ambitious? She's Because qualified. she's a woman. Exactly. She's, she's a, a woman, woman of color. Exactly. And so the question immediately becomes, is she too ambitious? So I don't think it's so much women, ambitious women holding ourselves back. I think it is still societal conditioning to look at ambitious women as a threat, as uh, competition that men don't want. And look, we're not going to be able to fix thousands and thousands of years of societal conditioning in a 45-minute podcast as much as I would love to. I see that's a problem right there, that you think we can't do that. That's a problem. (laughs) In addition to being very ambitious, I try to be really realistic. The only thing we can do on our own micro level is to, like you said, like we've all been saying, continue to be examples of ambitious women and not only be the examples that we want, but support other ambitious women, whether that means finding a colleague to support, building a network that you can work within and you know help promote business within, because it's an example of you know rising tides raise all ships. 
we're not going to be able to do this on our own. It is a group struggle. And the only way it's going to improve is if we continue to fight against what we have all been taught since we were children, which is, girls, you can be ambitious, but not too much, not too much. And that is an internal struggle. It's an external struggle. And it's something that has to be faced as a group. And I think, honestly, if you have male colleagues who support ambitious women, let them know. It has to transcend just the women's efforts to support ourselves. We have to have our colleagues and our partners and our sponsors in men as well. And bring them along with us. Correct. And appreciate them for that. Because I do think what happens in a lot of these discussions is it becomes an us versus them. When you start out with an us versus them, you have to expect them to be defensive. (laughs) So that's definitely part of what needs to be done. We need to recognize that as well. I agree, Liz. I agree with that. Well, thank you all so much for coming along into our first episode of our second season on a topic that is very timely, again, with the passing of our beloved Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the notorious RBG Let us all learn from her example and lead ambitious, prosperous, successful lives. So thank you, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by The Simon Law Firm. Connect with Amy, Liz, Mary, Erica, or Elizabeth at heelsinthecourtroom.law.